the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my mommy and her friends on Trails and Testimonies. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Welcome back to Trails and Testimonies. It's Kim Fitz, and I am with my amazing, beautiful friend, Taylor Scott. Hey, Kim. I'm so glad to be with you. This is exciting. We, we need to tell everybody where we are today, don't we? Today's trail is one of my favorites, Sweetwater Creek State Park. And it's funny, my husband Glenn and I always say, if we ever have to leave Atlanta, this is the place we're going to miss the most. So I'm not talking about people, so no one get your feelings hurt. I'm talking about <laughs> place. And uh, Kim and I are here in middle of the fall. So the le- I think it's peak today. It's getting close. There's still some green. But we're looking at this beautiful view. We've got the water, and the, the trees are reflected in the water, and all those brilliant oranges and browns and greens are just its amazing. I it is absolutely place. beautiful. And we'll post a picture and all that that you can follow along and kind of be there with us. Yeah, definitely. So when Kim asked me to be on Trails and Testimonies, I will have to admit, girl, that word testimony is a little intimidating to me. It's heavy, right? I almost Googled it. Like, what's the <laughs> definition of a testimony? And I was like, Kim, are you sure you want me on your show? Because uh, mine's a little bit less dramatic. Um, but that's embarrassing to say because anytime God saves us and shows us his grace and forgiveness, that's pretty dramatic, right? That's our testimony. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. how we get from point A to point B. And sometimes the point, the trail can be super rocky yeah, and hard. Exactly. So for me, when I was born, I was um, the youngest at the time, the two older sisters, And then later, years later, my parents tried one more time for a boy, and they got twin girls. So I grew up in this family of five girls, and my dad, when I was a little girl, was a pastor. So I started hearing about faith at a really young age. What's interesting, because this kind of all ties together, my mom and dad grew up in a very fundamentalist, related to coming over from Germany, church, where it was pretty much salvation by works. And it was a little tough on my mom and dad. And my dad started listening to Moody Radio when they moved to Chicago from Ohio. And he's like, wait, what is this grace thing? What are you talking about? You mean I don't have to just be a good person and just work really hard and stuff like that? And um, he learned salvation by grace. It made all the difference in his life. And so then when he became a pastor, he started preaching grace from the pulpit and he and my mom got kicked out of the church they grew up in because of, you know, he started preaching grace while he was there. And they're like, wait a minute, you're this radical Dave. Like he needs to get out. So my poor mom, here she is, this young married woman with a, I think she just had one baby, one little girl at that point, And they got kicked out of the church. I started hearing about faith as a young child. And my parents, my dad would have Bible study at the dinner table. And I have to stop in a minute. Look at the turtle. There's a turtle hanging out with us on this podcast. Where is he? He's right there on that branch. <gasps> he's Isn't he so cute? cute. <laughs> <laughs> ah! So 
one. It's Kim, Kim Taylor. And what do we name the turtle? We've got a turtle. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. That came out fast. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I like I, it. I name a lot of turtles. Do you? Okay. <laughs> Can I call him Mike for short? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got a guest here on the podcast. Oh, I love him. Yes. Um, but anyway, I remember as a little girl, I, I learned so much about... Um, what Jesus had done for me on the cross that I prayed and said, you know, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. And then it was a little later. I think I was fifth grade. We were by then moved to South Florida. I started third grade down there. And then by fifth grade, I realized, uh, oh, I, I want to follow in my faith more and I want to be baptized. Well, my dad got to baptize me. That is so precious. Isn't that so cool? It was really special. And it's interesting because about a year after that, life started getting... A little crazy for an 11-year-old because my dad got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I think that was my first taste, other than, you know, the trauma of losing a grandparent. Uh, that was my first taste of, oh, you mean everything doesn't go perfectly in life? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> and this is when it's, you know, you start realizing wow, okay, well, why is God allowing this? You know, why? And I think that's such a big question, especially when you're so young and you're just learning some of the newer hardships. Exactly. Exactly. And there were a lot of well-meaning people in my dad's life who would tell him, well, you must have unconfessed sin. That must be why God's not healing you. Um, He even, I mean, here we went to a a type of church that usually didn't do this kind of thing, but he had all the deacons read the scripture and anoint him with oil and pray for healing. And he believed for it. And he tried different diets and a long, long, long story short, my dad now today is, um, immobilized. He's pretty much the the best way to describe him is it's like someone who's paralyzed from the neck down because he can speak and he can eat still, but he cannot feed himself. He can't lift He For a while, he was able to use this funny little spoon like, mm-hmm. that we would attach, strap onto his arm. Clever. And he would, yeah. <laughs> but now my mom um, is his primary caregiver, and she takes a bite, and then he gets a bite, and she takes a bite, and then he gets a bite, and she feeds him, dresses him, everything. An angel. Yeah. Oh, there's a special place for my mom in heaven. I'm, I'm convinced. But watching my parents go through that kind of life change where it's like, wow, my body's just going to slowly get worse and worse. Like I remember first time I saw my dad using a cane, it's like, oh, and then I remember coming home from college and my dad's using a walker and I was like, oh, you know, it just kind of takes your breath away. Cause you know, your dad is always supposed to be like, that's my dad. He's so strong and he's invincible. And, um, to see him going through that. And then I remember the first time I'll never forget he and my mom for their 25th wedding anniversary went on one of those Christian cruises, you know, where there's like the speakers and the singers. We're actually advertising it (laughs) on the fish right now. There's like a little banner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) This was one way back in the day. It was Josh McDowell. And my mom ended up babysitting their kids for them because that's how my mom rolls. She's so giving and caring. And I went to go pick them up at the airport. I could drive by then. I think I was like 16 or 17. My dad was using a wheelchair to get off the plane. I was like, <gasps> you know, it just, it took my breath away. But they have gone through this journey of illness and your body breaking down like you would not believe. I mean, my mom now to this day, she's very hunched over in back pain. Like she walks kind of hunched over and she does have a caregiver come in. Ruth is our angel. She comes in for a couple hours every day to help, like, shower my dad and give my mom's back a little bit of a break. But, like, she has to get up in the middle of the night, set the alarm, 
to roll him over so he doesn't get bed sores. It's intense, and yet they still have this hilarious sense of humor. They're still in love. We still get to enjoy my dad's personality, which is so big, you know, because, you know, there's other diseases where your mental capacity is taken from you. And he, his biggest joy is rolling around on that scooter. He's got one pinky that works to, to guide a scooter. That's not going to last much longer, sadly. And he rolls around the neighborhood and tells people about Jesus. That is beautiful. <laughs> yep. He is a fisher of men. And he loves it when his caregiver takes him to over to the beach in Jupiter. And he likes to share his faith with the fishermen. And he just, he's a little, a little bold about it for my, <laughs> I'm a little different in my approach to sharing the gospel, but my dad's right up there. Like if you were to die tonight, <laughs> the whole thing, yeah. he has the megaphone. Like <laughs> he loves you. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Maybe it's good. He can't hold a megaphone. I would do that. But I think that has shaped so much of my faith and watching my parents living in grace every day and trusting that this body is just a shell and life is so much more than whether we can run or walk or whether we can feed ourselves. And he loves going to church. My mom, oh my gosh, Kim, she never complains. I would, I, I complain if like Glenn gets a cold and I got to run to the store and pick up some crackers and ginger ale for him. Like, oh, I got to run home. Out of time and all Yeah, again. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she never complains about my dad and having to care for him. She loves him so well and so much like Jesus would love us. And it's just been so touching to see. Back to what, when I told you about how my dad um, and my mom grew up in a church that was like all about salvation by works. It's interesting that sometimes I can fall into that a little bit. I don't know if you've ever been there in your walk. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you have to earn God's grace. You have yeah. to earn, and, and you don't have to. No. And you forget, and you just think, like I remember it first started hitting me in high school. I thought, oh, well, if I just become a missionary, then God will love me more. <laughs> or if I just do go where, to college where my dad wants me to go to college, not only will my dad love me more, but God will love me more. You know, it's just... He's like the ultimate, he is the ultimate father. You want to make your father yeah. proud. Exactly. Exactly. And I remember it's interesting because I told my sister Rhoda that we were going to be doing this today. And I hi said, Rhoda. <laughs> yeah. Hi Rhoda. Shout out. Hey mom. Uh, <laughs> hey dad. Um, but I said, you know, I, I'm not sure what all I want to share because I don't have this big, like I was a drug dealer and God just saved me story. And she goes, she goes, well, remember that blog you wrote for the Kevin and Taylor show about how a lot of times when we sin, we put ourselves in a timeout. Like as if like, okay, well, I just won't pray for a couple days and I'll just kind of punish myself by not having my quiet time or whatever. As if we have to like earn him back, earn our salvation back or earn our grace back. And you're like, where does that come from? Like that is so not what Jesus said it was all about. Right. He loves us just as we are, not as we should be. And I think I constantly have to come back to that. One of the ways that's played out in my life is back to what I was saying about when my dad got MS, I was like, oh, you mean life doesn't turn out exactly how you plan it? When I got married to Glenn, we fell in love way back in, at Wheaton College. We went to Wheaton in the Holy Lands together. We studied for three weeks on campus and traveled for five weeks. And we went to Israel and Greece and Egypt and Italy. And by the time we got to Italy in Rome, we were in love. 
And it was such a natural way to get to know somebody. Over a big bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, and some pasta. Yeah, falafels in Israel. Yeah. We just assumed when we decided we were going to get married, when he asked me that, of course, we would have kids. You know, maybe adoption too, but definitely going to have biological children. And when that didn't happen in our lives, it was definitely a like, oh, wait a minute. And then those lies can creep back in where you start to tell yourself, well, God must not think I'm worthy of motherhood mm-hmm. or which I would never say that about my husband with fatherhood. But like, we, why do we, we do so that? put that on ourselves? Yeah. Exactly. And you think, oh, well, if God must love so-and-so more because she got pregnant or God not only gave them one child, but four, you know, how come I couldn't have two and they could have two? <laughs> right. Can we yeah. share? Yeah. Sharing is scaring. <laughs> exactly. And you think, well, where does that come from? But I think that, you know, it's so easy to start to believe lies when things don't turn out as well, Because planned. the devil will speak to you mm-hmm. in such a way yeah. That is so sneaky and conniving, just as he is. Yeah. We hear it over and over and over. It's not just once. Yeah. And then we start to believe it. Well, and then you combine it with on the Kevin and Taylor show, we talk about parenting a lot. And sometimes I'd be like, really, God? Oh, this is where you want me? Because, like, I, I could have really related to this. <laughs> Come on. Why don't you give me that kid and then <laughs> give me this one. And then I'll, I'll jump right in there. But it has been, I mean, it's been a total test of my faith. I've been everywhere from mad at God to um, thinking he just doesn't love me or think I'm worthy of motherhood. Now at this place in my life, I've learned the gift of gratitude. And I am so grateful, Kim, that I have so many beautiful children in my life. I mean, I've got 11 nieces and nephews and they are so great. And now people like you having Sammy and my friend Cammie having her little girls, like I get to be involved with children even though they're not my own. And so I coach girls on the run. I've been doing that for years. I get to be with third, fourth, and fifth graders. And um, they're all little girls. And, and you're such crazy. a good coach. I oh, can okay. already tell. Of course, I'm not on your team. But <laughs> just from it's your beauty fun. and your spirit, what you got from your mom and your dad that you're talking about, they gave that to you. And yeah. God gave oh, you this beautiful you. soul that you just so generously spread all this love to all of these children, to all of these people, not just kids. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's my goal. And it's interesting. I I was a guest on a friend of mine's podcast. Um, Plug it, plug it. Yeah. Okay. Java, Java with Julie, J-A-V-A as in coffee, Java with Julie, J-U-L-I, because I had her drop the E when we were roommates all four years at Wheaton. But um, she has a ministry called Authentic Intimacy, and she helps women heal from all kinds of wounds. And so on our show, we discussed infertility. And the first time I saw her husband after the podcast came out, he ran up to me. They surprised me at Hartsfield Airport. They had a flight out. I had a flight in. We had just minutes together. And I was like, what? And he kind of pulled me aside and he goes, Taylor, I didn't know it still wounds you so deeply. And I said, oh. I said, well, Mike. That's because I'm not going to run around whining about it. You know, there's no reason. I'm going to go to my friend's baby showers. I'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice. But then I'm also going to mourn with those who mourn. So even though um, in the format of the Kevin and Taylor show, it's just not really the place. We try to keep it good, clean, fun. And there's kids listening. Positive and happy with the whole family. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're not going to go, I'm really having a bad day. (laughs) I want one of those kids. (laughs) (laughs) My biological clock is ticking and it's gotten really loud. It's you're not going to do that. <laughs> you're not going to have a kid in the back seat going, mommy, what's a biological clock? <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I'm, I'm just, I think I just refuse to wallow 
Because life is too short. And that's beautiful. And that in itself is a testimony. That is a huge Mm -hmm. step in something to overcome is not going to wallow. Yeah. And that's only from grace. That's only God working in my life. There's no way. I think I could be a very bitter person if it weren't for God's love in my life, his unconditional love and knowing that there's a lot of hardship in this world. There's a lot of pain. There's things that... But, I mean, look, at I won the lottery of husbands. I mean, Glenn is my dream come true. And, I, like I said, I'm surrounded by children in my life. And there's just so much to be grateful for. So on my worst days, I really have to just regroup and go, okay, what are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? And what has God done in your life and what can he do? And what look at what he's given me. I mean, his unconditional love and his grace. There's no greater gift. But because there are days where I do fall back into a little bit of that works mentality, um, and we all do the comparison trap, shout out to Chandra Stanley, um, I'm, I not only need to reread her book, but I'm rereading Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace. Oh, I want to read that one. It's so powerful because you just, you forget that we so often, like, we'll say, well, he'll forgive that, but that sin, uh, I don't know about that mm-hmm. one. And... It's just, it's, that's not it. That's not. And sometimes we're so easy to forgive other people and then not ourselves. Yeah. And he says, if you forgive them, I've forgiven you. I've already forgiven you. So why do we keep digging it back up? Yeah. And along that line, Kim, this is something that has really helped me. And it it was not from a spiritual book. It was from one of those, oh, books has been made into, I'll, I'll say what it is. They made it into a movie. It was Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, yes. And there was a line in that book, which is not a Christian book in any way, shape, or form. Right. And she is not a follower of Christ. I pray that she would because she's a very spiritual person. She talked about how, like, if a friend called us and said, I'm struggling in this way, or I had this failing in my life, I committed this sin, what would we do? We would drop everything. We would hug them. We would cry with them. We would say, I'd bring you a casserole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the casserole or lady. Or a banana pudding, right? With yes. vanilla wafers. I love that you make that stuff. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> but um, what we don't do is we don't do that to ourselves. And so she, in her book, she said, you know, let, next time you're really struggling, write a note to yourself as if you were speaking to your dearest friend. And I think we can do the same thing with our faith. We can write a note to ourselves saying, Jesus, this is what I did wrong. This is where I'm failing. But then write back what Jesus would say to us. And there's another book I love, and it's called Scripture Talks with God by Ken Boa. And it's taking scripture and it's praying back to God in a conversational style. Because I think we all struggle with prayer. We're like, ooh, look at squirrel. And we get so distracted. So often. (laughs) So often. Yes. But if we can do it more conversationally and maybe even write a few things down, I think then, was that a giant fish that just jumped? Did you hear that? Oh, a giant fish just jumped. Did you see that? I just saw the after. Oh, wow. so cool. Shout out. If you ever want to come for, it's probably more of a weekend thing, but Sweetwater Creek State Park, it's one of my favorites. There's rapids and some falls not giant don't think niagara but beautiful rapids i want to stay in one of the yurts oh my gosh yes it's so so bad bathroom in there there's trees right outside (laughs) see here's something funny about me i love to hike i love to mountain bike i love to trail run i have never spent the night outside I've really? never camped. No. We have to make I this like happen. And showers too much. So we go light. We call it, we call it day trekking. We we go light and lean. Like one little camelback, 
little protein bar, and we're in and out. You guys don't go light only, though. I mean, you have hiked miles and miles and miles, and we're talking, if you don't follow her, you really need to follow her. She will hike in Italy. She will hike in, like, Antarctica. I mean, you go, you go. (laughs) We haven't been there yet. (laughs) You go everywhere and it's just so beautiful well and i'm so glad you brought that up Uh, two things one our one of our most epic was an area in canada called the sunshine coast trail and no lie we had a boat we paid a boat attack a water taxi to drop us off on a rock and the only way to get back to where we were staying was a 15 mile hike back (laughs) and we i dressed way too warm so i got hot I wasn't in very good shape back then because it was early on when I first started hiking. And we didn't bring enough food, so we were rationing the few little peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and popcorn. Like you're on Lord of the Rings. You're like, oh, I can't waste this piece of bread. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, so I was pretty whiny. And at one point, Glenn was literally hoisting me up this one rock. And I was so hot. I was so hungry. I was so tired. And he goes, just think, we could be on the beach right now with a pina colada in our hands. And I'm not kidding. It was like it was like something otherworldly came out of me. And I'm going to try not to be too loud on the mic. And I went, why aren't we? <laughs> I was so crabby. But at, towards the very end, I'm not kidding you. Here I am, so crabby, so woe is me. Can't wait to get to civilization and food and a shower. We stumbled upon the old ladies hiking brigade. These women were using canes. They were in their 70s and 80s, joy all over their faces, and they were out there hiking. And I'm like, gulp, okay. <laughs> that was a hard goes, pill to swallow. mom always said pride goes for a fall. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. And they're like, hey, did you see some of those benches? Our husbands brought, they carried those on their backs and brought them out here. I was like, okay, I'll never complain again. They made these in yeah. 1915. <laughs> but on a serious note, Kim was talking about how I've hiked all over the place. I really do feel we do not spend enough time outside in we our don't, society. No. And when I am out here right now, like in the Sweetwater Creek State Park, even with the airplane going over, we got a little of the civilization, I feel closer to the God than any other time. And it's where you can pray and you can cry out to God and you can go to him with everything and no one's going to hear you but the squirrels and the birds. And I really do think it, it is a spiritual thing to be in his creation. And I really encourage people, like, if you're not doing it, just figure out a way. Like if it's, even if it's a walk in your neighborhood right after you put the kids on the school bus or you all go for a walk to a park in the evening together, I really do think it's life-changing. It's soul-cleansing. I was about to say, it's a good cleanse. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's changed me. And my husband will even tease me that the reason I'm still sane is because I trail run. Because <laughs> I am a little crazy. Well, I'm a lot crazy. Stop. But... I have well, we are in radio, so we yeah. are like, really crazy. Yes, exactly. So going back to your grace and some of the things that you have struggled with, with your dad having MS, with the infertility, has hiking reminded you more of that grace, reminded you more of how to stay, I guess, grounded to your faith and yeah. brought you back? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, one of the things that's involved in the sport of trail running is a lot of falling. <laughs> I mean, I have literally tripped on a teeny tiny root falling on my face face planted and um there's an ant attacking Kim. yeah it was on my arm i was trying to handle it quietly (laughs) in nature um i face planted and broke my prescription sunglasses no but i think that's a good analogy for life i mean when we fail when we fall on our face whether it's i don't know you start the day out with this awesome 
reading in your Bible or your your quiet time book, and you're like, I'm going to be so loving and so kind today, and within like two hours, you're snapping at someone. I mean, that's falling flat on your face pretty quick. Or if it's a sin that you're just like, why did that tempt me? Like, where did that come from? That's falling flat on your face. But because of his unconditional love for us, we can jump back up again and keep going. And I see that so often in you, Kim. I mean, I know you've experienced infertility before your beautiful miracle. Sam came along and you're one of those people that you project, you exude joy. That doesn't come from just like, you know, you know, there's people who you think like, are they like all there? And it's not, it's a deep, real <laughs> sometimes joy. I'm not all here. <laughs> well, none of us I get are. pretty spacey. <laughs> But I know you've been through things in your family life, and I know you're, I'm sure you're going to cover this in some of your podcasts if you haven't already, but it's not a zippity-doo-dah, like, you know, a fake thing. It's a true, genuine joy that comes from deep within, and I think a lot of times people don't realize that, that it's a deeper thing. When you see that kind of joy, it's... There's something behind it. There's a, it's a lot story. of work. Yeah, it's it a is. lot of work. It is. I mean, I, I love that Henry Nouwen quote. Um, I have, you have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. Because if I you don't, that. I mean, you're going to turn into a curmudgeon. You're going to be crabby. You're going to let the silliest little thing get you down. I just think that is such a gift in life. And I like to circle back with my parents I think they've modeled it for us five daughters and their five son-in-laws like no one else. I mean, finding true joy in the midst of the monotony and the time to make my husband smoothie again and try to stuff that straw in his mouth so he can, his one meal he can yes. quasi-feed himself because she props the smoothie cup in his hand. You know, just that monot every day. I mean, my mom gets up and it's Groundhog Day. She does it again and again, and yet she does it with such joy and such faith. I mean, it's the evidence of things hoped for, the things we haven't seen. I didn't quote that right, but that's her. She lives that out every day and knowing that they're going to have new bodies one day in heaven. My dad won't have that mess. My mom won't be hunched over by a horrible slip disc. They're going to have new bodies and boy, retirement didn't turn out like they planned. They were going to get a motor home and go around the whole country and like do fix up projects at small churches. Is that the sweetest retirement plan? But now he goes to the beach and he shouts God's love. (laughs) Please tell me he's not shouting because I already get horrified enough. He's like, sometimes he's a little too bold and my mom has to go, honey, you got it. She calls everyone, honey, honey, you need to give them a minute. Like they're at the doctor's office. They're like waiting to go, you know, get a procedure. They're processing right now. Give him a little space on. <laughs> well, and I hope that that's what this will do too for trials and testimonies. You know, sometimes there are moments in your life that God just moves you. Yeah. And you yeah. want to stand on the tallest building and shout it. Yeah. So I'm really hoping trials and testimonies gets that word out, gets yeah, that love, that definitely. joy out. Well, and I want, I have to focus on, cause we'll be posting a picture. I have to focus on Kim's um, shirt real quick before we wrap it up because it says you can preach a better sermon with your life than with your lips. And I think that is so profound. I mean, so many times we're looking for the grand thing. We're looking for, well, God didn't give me a book. I've never written a book. I really think that there's so much we can do. Bloom where you're planted. And Kim asked all of us, this is going to be a tradition on her show. We're going to dig down in her backpack. So I have my backpack here and I have quotes that are torn up. And what you're going to do. I was scared that it was going to be a hidden question. (laughs) 
But like, I can handle a quote. Yeah, Heidi did that to me on the, the Heidi Do podcast. So good. They were good. But, um, oh, I love this one, Kim. Okay, I pulled this one out. If you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. I love and that. Is that not so good? I mean, whether you're at a job that you hate and your boss is mean, or whether you are running around like a maniac and you're in the stage where you're just changing diapers and hoping you might get a shower this week. <laughs> Kim's been there. You can serve Christ and be Christ-like in the smallest of things and serve him right where you are. And don't worry that you can't sing or you can't act. You can make a difference in people's life and show his love and grace right where you are today. And you've been given a gift. And I read earlier um, that your pain can be a purpose. It doesn't have to be your prison. And so that's, I think, also where we get our joy is from sharing our purpose, from sharing our love and not being confined by what happened to us or is happening to us. Definitely. So thank you so much. Sure. Thanks for having me on. I'm so Anytime. <laughs> Bye, so Michelangelo. Fun. Yeah, our turtle stayed with us the whole time. We didn't see the fish jump again, but we have seen a couple hikers, and there's a doggy over there right now. <laughs> Get a dog. No. <laughs> no. Bring home another dog. My husband would be like... <laughs> we don't have any more room for animals. I don't want Corey to, to get that mad at you. But thank you so much for hanging out with us. And thanks for having me on the show, Kim. I appreciate you. Remember to subscribe. Bye. I guess that's it, guys. Bye, then.